Welcome to the Maximus Podcast with your hosts, Bobby Maximus and Joe Sabula. Joe, how the hell are you today? I'm doing awesome, man. Super good. All right, listen, I don't give a shit about bettering yourself. I don't give a shit about self-imposed limitations, psychology, all that nonsense. It's all just marketing. It's all marketing. All marketing. <laughs> There's only one thing on my mind lately, and that is the Ultimate Fighter, which I was a part of, so I'm a little biased. I love the show. But uh, it was episode two last night, and this is our official recap. Yeah. Now, I want to hear your perspective on it because I lived it. Yeah, like, yeah. Nothing that was that much of a surprise to me last night. But tell me about your thoughts. Well, I, I first, I want to preface this by saying that, I mean, since since you left for the show and, and came back, you've been pretty tight-lipped about what, what has happened in there. And there's good reason for that. It's called lawyers. Um, but I've also purposely not tried to dig too much into it because I want to experience this and kind of go into it a little bit naive. So I don't know, you know, what to expect. I've seen the show in the past. I haven't seen it in recent uh, uh, seasons. So just kind of seeing how it's evolved and, and, in the presentation, but also I'm always kind of looking out for the Bobby in the shot. Where's Bobby standing? How does he fit into this stuff? But again, I'm a little bit biased. I thought the episode uh, uh, last night was awesome. It was super entertaining. I was enthralled with it. Like it, it was like, I didn't feel like, okay, would they get on with this? Like the way that it was presented was compelling. I felt that the, the, the character development of these two fighters of, of Helen and Kat, they were both super interesting. I found myself torn over who I wanted to root for, but I do want to point out that I'm scared of Helen. Like that girl is mean bare knuckle boxer, like watching her move. Like I do not want to fight that woman. Yeah. I mean, I made a comment in the show. I said, and that's why I bring it up because I was having that thought and then, Oh, Hey, here's a, here's a little sentence from Bobby. And it was exactly that of like, I'd fight anybody in this house, but her. The fight Helen, you know, but I, I, I will say this, it's actually quite interesting. Um, Helen was my teammate. So obviously we, we spent some time together. She's a good human being. Mm -hmm. Like she's ferocious. Don't get me wrong. That girl can fight and she's got a switch that she can flip. But like, we also had a lot of really good conversations too. Like, I didn't know if you knew this. He didn't certainly didn't show it on the, on the show. She was a world-class chef. Mm -hmm. That's that's, best restaurants in new york i don't remember if they said that on the show or not no that 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 never came out they talked about her growing up and being like in like fight clubs and being just like this brawler you know they were showing highlights from some of her earlier fights where she was just tearing girls apart but that is actually that makes sense to me though in a way because she is an artist in the ring i mean honestly uh both of these fighters I, i looked at them as as almost a performance art of there was a reason they both ended up as fighters. It's like, it's who they were on the inside. Um, and I'll talk more about, about Kat specifically, because there's something I, I really like about her story as well. But uh, for Helen, it's like, that's what, that's where she came from. That's what she did. And somebody who has that, I don't know what the spark, the passion, I wouldn't be surprised to find out that she was also an accomplished something else because well, really that, good at and yeah. it comes from her passion, right? Like, that's what I mean. It's like, she's a passionate person. You can tell. I would, I would, I would word it like this. That girl has one speed. Like when Helen decides to do something, she does it right. Like she, she made us dinner one night in the house. Um, And 
I mean, like it, it was gourmet. Like it was just when she does stuff, she does it right. You know what I mean? And so yeah. like watching her make her meals every day, watching her do stuff every day. Like she's, she's, you know, preparing food the way food is supposed to be prepared, not being lazy about it. Like everything she did was methodical. So um, uh, like kind of an impressive human being all around uh, yeah. to me in the show though, how the way it was framed on the show uh, I think everyone thought Helen was just going to mop the floor. Yeah, that. they they definitely talked her up, but she but, she came across as very intimidating. Yeah, and and, and by the way, I thought so too. Mm-hmm. Like I really thought. And listen, we were on teams. I was on Team Pena. They were on Team Nunez. But it was a, it was a hard thing to be honest with you, because Katniss and I are friends. Mm-hmm. I like Katniss a lot as a human being, and we had an instant bond. Um, we're actually going to have her on the podcast, but we had an instant bond because she's from Utah. Yeah. She owns a supplement company. She's in the fitness realm. Uh, you know, she has the biggest following on the show, like mm-hmm. in terms of like the Instagram, the blue check mark, the whole thing. Like we're very similar people in that regard. So we were obviously friends and we yeah. connected. And, and a really good friend of mine at the gym, uh, one of my trainers, Rob Handley, he's one that works hands with me and stuff like that. He's trained a bunch of UFC guys. He's also worked with her. So like we were close, but she's wearing a red jersey. I'm wearing a black mm-hmm. jersey on the opposite teams. Um, but I, 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 despite all that, I thought Helen was going to win that fight pretty easily. And I mean, I obviously watched it live. That didn't happen. Like Katniss is one tough human being. So like, the, the way they painted her story, and this is what I wanted to hit on earlier. I mean, she was like a cheerleader, did some dance stuff got cut from the squad. Like she didn't make the squad and it was like, she was kind of down on herself and a friend took her to an MMA fight. And she was like, that's it. I'm getting in the ring. And you're like, well, wait a minute. I was a cheerleader doing in the ring. But then you realize like, that means like gymnasts, rhythm, timing, control. And then they were showing uh, her sparring and it's like, she can move and she can throw, you know, hands and feet with equal uh, uh, capability. And in addition to that, she's kind of lanky. She's got some reach. And I thought the fight with Helen, that was sort of the thing. It was that whole, like she had uh, what it ended up being like six inch advantage on the reach. And so she, she was basically just had her hand out there and Helen just couldn't get past it. Well, and you can also see she was a lot bigger, right? Like yeah. not height, but like what a lot of people don't realize about fights is when you weigh in, there's a, usually a weight cut. Mm-hmm. So I will tell you, uh, Katniss weighed in at 126, but she ain't 126. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like she's a big 125 or so she has a lot of size too, but uh, really impressed me with her fight against Helen. Um, because like I said, I thought Helen was going to just kill her. And yeah. And, and, and I felt like Helen did not stop. No. You know, it's like, it was this constant pressure through the entire bout. Like it never let up at no point. Was there like, and go back to, uh, to Niles and Zach in episode one, there were times when you were like, boy, these guys are going to fall over. You know, there was like a break where it's like, you could tell they were just clamoring for air. And, and there's a lot to be said about, you know, it's the first fight, you know, and there's a lot of nerves, uh, the adrenaline dump we've talked about before, but with this fight, if there was an adrenaline dump, I didn't see it happening. There was just a constant heat coming out of that ring between these two, and it never let up. Well, I, I will say this. It's interesting. I've actually found in my experience fighting and coaching people, 
women deal with the adrenaline dump stuff way better than men do. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I don't know if there's some psychological thing because women aren't supposed to be good at fighting, right? <laughs> Every, everybody says that. And I'm like, I don't know. Have you ever fought with a woman? Like, geez. No, no, no. And here's my deal with that. Like, as you grow up as a man, and I always say this, go read the comments on the internet after these two guys fight. Like, even my brother had a comment about these guys fighting, like Zach and I. Do you realize, yeah. Zach, if you're listening to this at home right now, Zach would fucking murder you. Mm-hmm. And I know that you think Niall lost and that he looked kind of tired and, and you might be able to get the upper hand on him. I will tell you right now, Niall will murderize you. Like, it won't even be called. He would hurt you so bad. I, I get the impression that, like, Niall's the kind of guy that if if I was at a gym and I was deadlifting 600 pounds, like, just trying to max out, and I pull 630 off the ground, and I'm like, holy cow. He, he'd walk over there and, like, pick that barbell up and walk away with it. Like, oh, I'm sorry. Is this supposed to be heavy? I apologize. <laughs> but every guy thinks they can fight, right? You know yeah. Like every guy, it's just he's, like, he's just he's he's got that that farmer strength, that wrestling background. He's not a guy I want to get his hands on me. You know what I mean? Oh hell no! And and by the way, every guy also thinks they can work out and they can fix shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, women, that's true. Grow up like at, like at eight years old as a woman, you're not expected to like throw down and be a fighter and stuff. Yeah. So I wonder if it's like a psychological thing in that regard. But like the women tend to handle that adrenaline stuff way way better than men like look composed mm-hmm. and, and i don't know if that's true across all sports but certainly in fighting it's something i've noticed because helen came ready to go like her and katniss looked way more comfortable early on yeah yeah what i mean and it was but it also shows you like it's funny uh and this is another thing people don't understand uh i i kind of thought helen was going to win that fight you know what i mean and and by the way I would have picked Helen to win the whole maybe tournament at, at some point. Like she, she's tough and she was picked number one, mm-hmm. by like Pena's team. That's a big deal. You know what I mean? Like obviously uh, coach Pena and, and coach Nunez, like they are world-class athletes and not only are they world-class athletes, they've got a world-class coaching staff with them. Yeah. We put some research into these picks. Like they researched us before they knew stuff about us. They asked me questions. Like, How the fuck do you know that? There was stuff that kind of- <laughs> Kind of came up, right? Um, so they they obviously picked Helen first for a reason. They didn't draw names out of a hat, yeah. but it also goes to show you how good the level of athlete on this competition mm-hmm. is. Because there are no free lunches here, man. Yeah, like, no, I get that. Yeah, like all sixteen people in that house. I, I I didn't train with all sixteen, obviously, but I trained with eight of them. Fucking incredible athletes, man. Like I don't know if I've been in in a room as talented as that in my life. Like in terms of people, you know yeah. what I mean? I mean, well, and, and, and I think fighters are, are a special breed because uh, you, I mean, you can't hide who you are in a fight. No. You can't hide behind your team. You can't hide behind your coaching staff. Like you go out there and you perform. And so it takes a certain kind of person who's willing to own their failures, willing to own their weaknesses nope. uh, and, and willing to do the work to stay competitive. It, yeah. That level of competition drives excellence. I remember having a conversation with one of my old coaches. Uh, we had uh, kind of thrown a surprise, like appreciation party for him, uh, you know, 30 years of coaching or whatever it was. And and he was just like floored. He was just floored because people he had coached 
you know, 20, 30 years ago were there that he, you know, hadn't had lost contact with or whatever. And, and, and he's seeing the impact that his coaching had on their lives. And he was just like sitting back in a chair and just sort of exhaled. And he was like, what is it about fighting that just brings the absolute best out of people? And this from a really accomplished coach. And, and I, I actually, I responded to him. I said, if you step into a full contact fight and you've got a chip on your shoulder, it's not going to be there for long. And when you realize you're mortal, it changes your life. Yeah. I mean, ab- absolutely. Fighting's, fighting's a special thing. Yeah. It's, it's, and, and, and you said something in, in a, in a earlier podcast about the fact that it's one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Like it changes the nature like that cage door shuts and it is you and you alone and all your failures are on display for the world yeah. to see. So it's just, it, it, it's a special thing. Now uh, the, the episode, I want to get your thoughts on the decision. There's a split decision. Uh, Katniss won. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I, I get the decision and I know it's not an easy decision. My, my experience of watching it at home is obviously different than being cage side and trying to watch it just even from that angle. It's, it's a difficult angle sometimes to see a whole fight from um, I'm, I'm at home and I'm watching uh, uh, Helen, like I said earlier, is bringing this pressure, but she never got through. Kat was able to decide if and when they engage, she was able to decide if and when there was a clinch or an attempt to take down. She got her down, you know, what, two, three times in the match. It, it wasn't that many, um, but she just had more control. Yep. If Helen could have gotten that door open, if she could have gotten past that that long arm that Kat had, I feel like she could have torn her up. And, and her strategy going into the fight was that she was going to hit her in the gut and then just put her down on the ground and then dare her to get up again. And I thought that was exactly the right strategy. And I just never saw that executed. She never got close enough to land that body shot. So here's, here's my thing. And, and I want to highlight this as, is like the main part of the podcast here, but uh, everyone's got something to say on the internet about this. Fight, mm-hmm. right? And then that just happens. The same thing with the Zach and I fight. Um, it shows you like how closely matched two athletes can be and how a decision could go either way. Mm-hmm. So if you notice something, and, and I don't know if everyone who listens to this realizes this, it was a split decision, which essentially is there's three judges. Two judges voted for Katniss. One judge mm-hmm. voted for Helen. So like there was one legitimate judge does this for a living that thought Helen won that fight. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting, like how the scoring works, because people don't understand this. Uh, Katniss got a takedown, but didn't really do anything with it. Yeah. And Helen kind of went for a guillotine. So even though she got the takedown, how do you score that? Because mm-hmm. it wasn't a takedown to a dominant position. Yeah. Now, on the other side, Helen landed a couple of bigger shots, but they didn't hurt Katniss. They didn't rock her. They didn't have her in danger. So, like, do you get a point for making connection or do you not get a point for that? Uh, you could argue that Katniss was maybe a little more active. Like, she threw a couple of kicks and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But on the other hand, Helen hit her with a leg kick. Does that count, even though Katniss kind of checked it? I mean, what it came down to for me is I think what the judges were looking at was that Katniss pushed her around more. Like, yeah. if you look at the fight and, and you had the center of the octagon, like, if you were playing a game that you had to stay in the middle, mm-hmm. I think Katniss was able to own that space 
a little bit more. But then on the other hand, Helen had some great counter strikes. So it's a really hard thing when it goes to a judge's scorecard to watch a fight. And so there's there's two two things I want to add to that. Like one, it is harder to win a fight from the outside. A hundred percent who the person who owns the middle, whether they're the better fighter or not, is always going to look like they're in control. And then two, never leave it up to the judges. Yep. Because that's exactly the thing. If your strategy is staying on the outside and kind of sniping in and doing your thing doesn't pan out and you don't win decisively, it's not going to look good. And and here's the deal, right? I have respect for both these people. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and it's kind of hard, like, like being on a different team than somebody. Yeah. But I, I want to say this, I'm genuinely happy for Katniss. I think she's an incredible human. She's a friend. Um, I, I care about her as a person. Like I am super happy. She won. Uh, and, and, and I don't know if that makes me a bad teammate or, or to Helen or whatever, but at the same time, two things can be true. I also wish Helen won. Like mm-hmm. I wish she had the opportunity to go show the world more of what she does. And I really hope that she gets a contract out of this or the UFC calls or that she did enough to like get rewarded because I think she's really good too. And a lot of people don't understand when you're living in a house with people, these fights are hard to watch. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, now, sometimes you don't like one of the people involved and it makes it really easy. <laughs> But like, <laughs> yeah, I would tell you with Zach and Niall, I have a good relationship with both of them. I like both of them as a human being. That was hard for me to watch. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, I, I know I got to cheer for Zach because he's my teammate and I want him to win. But like, it also hurts me to see Niall lose. Does that make sense? Yeah. Is, is there is there any benefit to like your team winning? You know what I mean? Is there anything towards the end of the show about like, if I mean, team black wins, then you all get something out of it? Cause I never got the sense that there was a reason that you would be so loyal. You know what I mean? Like, like if it was like, Oh, everybody on team black wins gets a million dollars. Like, boy, loyalty is real tight. You know what I mean? Nothing, nothing that was big enough that would move my radar. Yeah. Like not that I care about. Cause I, I value like personal integrity and relationships mm-hmm. over stuff like that anyway, Joe. So like, and I really can't give anything away about the show, but like nothing that would move me. Yeah. Yeah. So, like after that fight, like I was super happy for Katniss. Mm-hmm. Super happy. And if you look online, I'm pumping her tires. Uh, Chandler was on the red team. I pump his tires all the time. Kyle, yeah. I pump his tires all the time. Like, I've got no issue with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it, is, it was hard to watch. It was much more enjoyable for me to watch on the episode on TV. Because yeah. then I watched without that emotional, like, ah, mm-hmm. Helen to win because she's on a team, but I don't want Katniss to lose. I want Katniss to win because she's a great human being and she's from Utah. And like, I like her as a person and, and I can see like me and my wife being friends with her and her man. And like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just watch it last night. But I guess the point I'm getting at with the fight is like, you can see with that fight, it could have really went either way. Yeah. Like I can't sit here. I, I can't sit here and tell you either person won that handily. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and that decision could have went either way. I really believe that just depending on what the judges are looking at. And that's what people don't understand about fighting. And they, and they also don't understand, like I said, the level of those. Yeah. Like, cause I, I watched Helen and Katniss both do stuff in the backyard of the house and in feats of athleticism and stuff that were like, what the hell? Yeah. Good at what they do. And I wish, I wish there was a way. I mean, there's no way to tell this on TV. I wish there was a way 
for people at home to understand? <laughs> you know, I, I think that there is a way and that's, uh, I, I forget which comedian, it might've been George Carlin who came up with this, but he was like, you know, watching the Olympics, you need to throw a, a regular guy in there just for comparison. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you just need to throw an average Joe in with a hundred meter dash, just so you can see how far Usain Bolt is ahead of what the people at home are even capable of because you lose that sense of scale. Oh yeah. Cause there's, there's like, listen, and I'll pick on dudes here, but there's a lot of dudes that are like, you take that 170 pound dude, 180 pound dude that maybe wrestled a little bit in high school that, that, that mm-hmm. off cause he has a purple belt in jujitsu or whatever. If you went in a boxing match with Helen or Caitlin, they would knock your fat ass out. Yeah. You wouldn't touch them. There was a, there was a point last night. I don't know if you saw where Helen was punching that air ball. Yeah. Yeah. That was incredible. It's like, man, that girl will punch you so many times in the face. <laughs> like I get that you're tough and you beat up Johnny behind the portable in like grade nine. Mm-hmm. You know <laughs> well, and, so, so cat, cat was throwing some good punches and watching Helen just bobbing and weaving around. I'm like, that's yeah, just how she moves. You know, that's how she gets to work in the morning. You know, unfortunately we live in an age where everyone can go to like, mm-hmm. title boxing. They can go to fucking <laughs> cardio kickboxing at lifetime or plant fitness. And they think they go, oh, I, I can throw. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. Like no, I no. wish someone could understand like how good these people are. Well, it, it's hard. I think our system of, of athletics in the U.S. is very, very well developed. I mean, we, we care a lot about it. Uh, a lot of countries don't have interscholastic sports and we thrive on it. But a lot of the sports that people watch are team sports. And so you see guys that are good at football, guys that are good at baseball, guys that are good at basketball, good at hockey. I mean, pick a sport, right? It's hard to understand even then the difference of ability between the NFL and college football. And a lot of college football guys are just not competitive in the NFL scale. And that from college down to high school, a lot of guys that are are king shit in high school can't even scratch the surface of collegiate level ball. And so there's this constant filtering of talent. By the time you get to the team that's at the Super Bowl, you're talking about the top 1% of the top 1% of the top 1% of everybody who plays that sport. And now take it down to fighters to get to that point, to get these kinds of opportunities, how good you have to be to have somebody like Dana White look and say, yeah, I want you on TV wearing a jersey that says UFC. That There is a system that you have had to come up through where he's looking at the top 1% of applicants. Well, let's, let's figure this out. Uh, just like, and, and by the way, th- I'm, I'm going to actually overestimate this, Joe. Mm-hmm. I, I just got a calculator out. There's been, uh, we'll call it uh, 274 UFC pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. I'll say another 200 fight nights. Okay. So we're going to actually round that up. We're going to say there's 500 total UFC events. And there are, uh, let's say, uh, 10 fights a card. Mm-hmm. With the undercard, the, 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 the main event, like all the deal, right? Like the main yep. card. So that's 20 fighters per card. Yeah. So if you go 500 events times 20 fighters per card, that's 10,000 fighters in the history of the UFC. And by the way, that's overdone. 
because some of the early fights only had eight fights a card. Yeah. Some had six fights a card. Some of them had nine fights a card. So I've obviously overestimated. And we're assuming that people only get one fight in the UFC when I go for those numbers. Right. Take a guy like Michael Chandler. He's had what, five or six now? Mm-hmm. There are guys in the UFC like Cowboy that have had like 30 fights. Yeah. So it's actually not 10,000. It might be 5,000. It mm-hmm. might be 4,000. I don't know what the number is. I don't even know where you get that information. Yeah. How many people are in the world, Joe? Uh, like 8 this billion. Is a worldwide <laughs> sport. Yeah. So what's 10,000 divided by, okay, I'm going to put 8 billion. <laughs> it's going to be like E error. I can't, I can put 800 million into my calculator. So even if I just go 800 million, right? Mm-hmm. 0.001% of 800 million. So you got to add some more zeros to that yeah, to I get mean, to total population. Really like you're in the 99.9999999999999. I don't have enough nines. This podcast yeah. percentile of people. That's how good you are at what you do. Well, and, and keep it in mind, there are a lot more amateur fighters. Just yeah. a lot more. So there's a there's tons. There is no shortage of people clamoring for their shot in the UFC or in any of the fighting leagues now, like Bellator for crying out loud. Like they'll they'll go anywhere they can at this point. There are so many guys out there trying. And so just to get to that level of like I said, where you're you're being selected by the people at the top of the game, like that should tell you something. Yeah. And so when you think about that, my lord. It's, it, it's absolutely incredible. So that's the one thing I wanted to highlight, like seeing those people last night, I'm looking at it like there's no winner and loser here. Yeah, no. Well, your, your story that it's, this keeps coming up in my mind because you're on season two and you're off early in the season and you managed to make like your entire platform about that. Yep. Like your entire success after UFC or after ultimate fighter two was, it was based on that and you didn't win. Now, if you'd won, I mean, yeah, you probably would have had more fights in the UFC, sure. But, I mean, you, you've had a career based off of that. And so here you are going back in, and again, you're surrounded by amazing fighters, amazing coaches, an amazing opportunity. Just being there is a success. Having the drive to continue to succeed amongst that group, that takes a lot. But no matter what, win or lose, you can come out of that scenario with new contacts, new friends, new experiences, new ways to look at things, new opportunities that you didn't have before. And if all you do is wallow in self-pity because you lost a fight that was a split decision, then you're just giving up everything that you already spent to get there. Well, and the other thing is there's a person out there who if I said you could have one USC fight, win or lose, would you take it? Fuck yeah, they give their liver for that. Yeah. Right. And then you lose what it makes you less of a person. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like a pretty incredible thing. Um, and I think I think the show does do a good job, though, at capturing that because you can see. And that's actually one thing I want to end the podcast on a positive note. Uh, Helen's attitude after the fight was tremendous. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, this isn't going to stop me. I'm here. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. I can't remember exactly what she said. Um, and obviously, I was in the room for that speech, but I don't like you, you're focusing on different things and there's so mm-hmm. much going on. It's hard, but like to listen to the way she spoke again, just like what a good attitude in terms mm-hmm. of like professionalism. 
Well, I will tell you, I will pay for pay-per-view just to watch her fight again. Yeah, me too. Now, I, I'm going to, this is my last question for you, because this will be interesting. Was there anything in watching the episode that you learned about these two girls that you had no idea before you watched the episode? Yeah, I mean, I mean, to be, to be, well, actually, this isn't true. I had no idea in the house that, that Katniss's dad had died. Mm-hmm. No clue. And we, we spoke a fair amount. Do you know what I mean? Like, and, 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 and I say a fair amount because you have to understand that you live in a house with other people. Like yeah. you literally have roommates. It's impossible to not speak to people unless you're a complete asshole. Because I go in the kitchen, Katniss is in the kitchen. It's mm-hmm. like, hey, how you doing? How did you sleep? How you doing, Bobby? How your kid, you know, w- w- did you miss your kids? Like, like there's, there's, there's interaction between every single person in this house. You can't avoid it. So you have a fair amount of talks with people mm-hmm. about random stuff. Like, Hey, what are you eating? There's curiosity questions. You're not going to sit at a table and not because we shared common areas. Right. Yeah. And you common, like, let's face it in society. Lunch is at noon. Mm-hmm. Is at six. Like you, you have dinner together. You do stuff together. You're in the sauna together, the hot tub together, the pool together. Like you're, you're, you're being driven together places. So, you talk to people a lot. And the reason I want to set that stage is because it never came up that her dad died. Mm. I don't think I ever saw a cry in the house. Never felt compelled to be like, Hey, how you doing? Like you look sad. Is something on your mind? Uh, never anything out of the ordinary. And then I, I, I wonder, I wonder if you can attribute that to just her playing the game, you know, just being a fighter and not wanting to show weakness, you know, no, I, I think it's something you don't want to let the other team know that. Yeah. Right. Because it's like, ah, like weakness, right? Like you don't want to give up that you have an injury. You don't want to give up that you have a, and by the way, the other thing is some people are just more private. Mm -hmm. Maybe she just didn't feel like crying all day talking about it. Do you know what I mean? Um, But I learned that actually before the episode that her dad died because a post that she put up, there's like a spoiler. You know what I mean? And so, but, but so, so I, I, I guess it's not a surprise that it happened in the episode. Um, but the fact that that happened, period, was a big surprise to me. Mm. And and watching it in the episode, like how much it affected her, um, that was a huge surprise. Do you, do you think the the characters that we as an audience were introduced to in Helen and Kat, was that a fair representation of who you perceived them at, as? I mean, yes and no. This, that's that's That question, Joe, that's like one of the ones that could get me in trouble. Mm. Um, because obviously the NDA, right? Like I'm not going to say the TV did a, did a, (laughs) but but here's the reality. I can answer that in a roundabout way without talking specifically about the show. Uh, You're a good dad. I try. You love your kids. Most of the time. Would you say you're a gentle parent or a stern parent? I'm gentle. Okay. And you're loving. Mm-hmm. All right. In the last year, have you been frustrated with JoJo or Max at all? Yes. Have you probably said stuff to them that you regret a little bit? A little, yeah. Have there been times you've been overly frustrated and probably got mad at them? And if there was a camera on you, it could be portrayed <laughs> in a very negative way. I see where you're going. Yes. You understand what I mean? So, yeah. like, Overall, I would say you're a gentle parent. You're a loving parent. I hear how you talk about them. I've seen how you interact with them. 
But if I put a camera on you for six weeks, I promise mm-hmm. you, I'll take about 10 snippets of you yelling at them to put their damn seatbelt on. You <laughs> cuss them. <laughs> get frustrated where all of a sudden you look like a damn monster. Mm-hmm. So like the thing I would want people to understand is that we all are multifaceted individuals. We have things about us that are true maybe, but don't define us. Mm-hmm. You understand what I mean? And so when I watch the show, uh, there's a lot of things about Katniss and Helen that I saw that are true. Mm-hmm. But I also feel that both those individuals have a lot more depth to them and there's a lot more to yeah. Well, I think that's true. And I've, I've worked in TV. I've worked in films. Like I, I get that too. There's a limited amount of airtime. You know what I mean? So like you can't, like you could, I mean, realistically, you could take Helen and you could do 30 episodes about that woman and make it compelling because yeah. she has an interesting story. Same with Kat, same with you, same with anybody on that show but you have 53 minutes and you got to include 15 minutes of fight time. Like it gets cut down, it gets watered down. And so I don't expect, and, and this is me just not being naive. I don't expect that they're going to be hundred percent accurate in the representation. I expect that there's going to be some stuff kind of taken out of context, but I also expect that what I'm seeing is true enough that I'll want to continue to follow these people. Yeah, well, you know, like I don't I don't want to go to, to Kat's Instagram and find out that she's just like completely different than what I expected either. You know what I mean? And that's not true. But to give you an example, like when I talk about depth, mm-hmm. Kat has a boyfriend that she lives with. Um, they're probably going to get married named Alden. That didn't I never mention that. Yeah, we talked about that in the mm-hmm. house. You know what I mean? Like either, either, either she missed him or how supportive he was or what he was doing. Like you didn't see any of that. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so just keep this in mind and we'll ask her about this when she's on, mm-hmm. she lives with the person. Mm-hmm. They both fight. Mm-hmm. Like uh, they, they just got a brand new apartment together, blah, 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 blah. It's probably a big fucking part of her life. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just glossed over. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, they talked a lot about her dad. Mm-hmm. They talked a little bit about her fighting and her family. But even like they brought up that she was brought up Mormon, they didn't even explore any of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, so like, that's what I mean. There's depth to these people. They didn't talk about Helen being a world-class chef. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They could have shown a bunch of clips of food prep with her where it was like, is it called Maison Place when you like make everything in advance and like put it I on? have no idea. That's, that's beyond my abilities. <laughs> yeah, could easily showed that part of her too. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or they could have showed one, bad night where people got drunk and like broke a bunch of stuff. And <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure somewhere in the back room, the editors have a, a completely different version of season 30 of their own, their I own mean, enjoyment. <laughs> it doesn't matter who you are in the world. If you put a camera on somebody for 5,800 minutes a week mm. or six weeks, there's a lot of stuff there. Do you know what I mean? It's a formula for good reality TV is what it is. And, and, and it's real, but it's, it's, it's also, you're viewing it from a certain lens and that's the hard yeah. thing. Like you and I like watching the same show, but seeing it from two completely different angles. In fact, there's a, there's a, uh, an art, uh, 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 I'm starting to stutter now and I can't, I can't think 
there is a uh, assignment they do in uh, in film school where they give 30 people in the class the same footage and they say, oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that was my favorite assignment. <laughs> I, I developed my entire style doing that. Yeah, but my, my, mine was very much the like twisted. Yes, there's a script. No, I'm not following it. But taking, you can get 30 different movies, dude. Yeah. From just so like, that's why when people talk about, oh, does a director make the movie? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a really good analogy. So like, imagine that. You don't mm-hmm. even have it with the Justice League. They have the Zack Snyder cut. You know, which, yeah. have you by the way? I haven't yet. I was so burned by the, uh, <laughs> the theatrical release. I think, I think the point I was getting out with the Zack Snyder cut was like, and I almost, I, I think, expected you to jump in on that. Is like, okay, well, let's see how different these things are. Mm-hmm. Does it change the tone of the movie completely? Is it that different? Is it like, well, yeah. actually, Star Wars, you saw Han, Han Solo die? Yep. What if you just cut that little part out of the movie? Mm-hmm. Just a yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, two minutes of screen time to cover that whole thing. Like, the movie's just two minutes shorter, and that, that scene just doesn't exist. Like, Does that change your perception of the movie? Mm-hmm. Does that change the character development of Kylo Ren? Does that change the... I mean, you look at any movie like that, and you can change stuff just slightly. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And it, it, it doesn't add to it, so... Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I had my experiences with Helen and 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 Katniss, and I think that I think that the TV, uh, you know, I I think what was shown was accurate, but mm-hmm. I also have a lot more depth and a, yeah. and a lot deeper relationship with both those human beings than just what we. What well, we I think that that's the big takeaway here is this is just a snippet. This is just like like showing Helen and where she trains and where she lives and like that's cool, but there's so much more. Like, so go follow her. You know, and root for her, you know, like when she's in the ring, like now you've got a, a little bit of understanding of what this person goes through to get to that point. Like, I think that's all worth celebrating. But it's also interesting to me uh, because like there is like you can really dig in and get to know some of these people through their social media, through their fight careers. And, and you know, just like people have a favorite sports team, like you can have your favorite fighters. You can have fighters you hate and that's fine. But it's all sport, you know. It's all part of the experience of watching competitors compete. Well, and the other thing that we can say on that note that's probably like more true to our brand than anything is that I'm genuinely a person, and I feel you are too, because we all say this, right? Like blowing out somebody else's candle doesn't make yeah. sense, right? Um, I genuinely want to see everybody win. Well, so, I don't, I don't, I don't want to win because somebody else sucked. You know yeah. what I mean? I don't, I don't want to win because somebody else screwed up and I just happened to be the guy to take advantage. I want to win because somebody pushed me to be that good. I also, I also don't want to win at the expense of somebody else losing. Yeah. It's a hard part I've had with competitive sports. Yeah. Cause I genuinely want to see everybody win. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this. I would love for everyone in that house. Yeah. Yeah. Well in life. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's who I am. And so that's, that's what tore me about, you know, if someone asked me the thing that I learned the most on this show, when I was on the original show for season two, 
I didn't, I, I wasn't, wasn't quite in touch with that part of my humanity. I was always a good person, but I wasn't as uh, convicted in that. Yeah. Yeah. Wanting everyone to win. So I don't remember feeling the same level of conflict, watching people fight or things like that. Mm-hmm. During this season, like one of the things for me is I genuinely hate watching people that I live with lose. Mm. I hate seeing their sadness after. Yeah. Like, a little bit about that about Niall. Mm-hmm. Like, how broken up he was after that fight. Man, that was hard to watch. Do you know what I mean? Because he's a good dude. Like, we had a yeah. friend, like, sitting in the backyard and seeing him in near tears over losing. Like, dude, I don't want to see that. Like, even yeah. though I'm really happy that Zach won. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's like the thing for me is like, I want to see everybody, every single person win. And it was even, you know, last night hard for me to watch because I didn't want to see Helen lose again. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, yeah. and so, like I said, I, I, I wish nothing the best for these people and hope they just kill it. So That's awesome. Can't wait till episode three. You guys saw the teasers. There's going to be some uh, fireworks. <laughs> yeah, look, yeah, it was a, it was a good setup. It was a good setup. There's going to be some animosity. You're going to say so. <laughs> Hopefully, we get some more running commentary from Bobby Maximus because he adds all the flavor to the show. Yeah, this will be <laughs> the next episode. We can we can talk, Joe. It's going to be good. So, you guys, tune in. Probably not your standard commentary for the Ultimate Fighter. Um, you know what I mean? So we, you guys enjoy it and uh, watch for some special guests from this season on the show. It's going to be good. Yeah, looking forward to it. All right, one more favor to ask you guys, share. We didn't inundate you with ads. We didn't drop codes on you. We didn't harass you to buy our shit. Go share the damn podcast. And we are done with you. 